0: Okay, we're going through the book of Romans or come to chapter number 14 today. Uh, Next week we'll finish up Romans and then the week after that is uh, Thanksgiving week. And so the week after that on Tuesday night will be a uh, communion service. So Thanksgiving communion service the week after, two weeks from tonight. Next week we'll finish up the book of Romans And uh, at least the parts that we covered. We should finish through to the end of the book, I think. But tonight is chapter number 14. Chapter number 14 for our consideration here. And this chapter is very, very helpful in helping us to grasp uh, things as they should be. Uh, when we're we come to to a church, we ask ourselves, "Well, how do we run a church? How do we keep our church peaceful? How do we keep our church happy? What do we do uh, so that our church isn 't one of these ones that fights all the time? people can say i 'm leaving and we, we don 't want that all right so we want to do it the correct way, and in this chapter, this Really good information on how to do that. Now, I've spent times in my life uh, serving on boards in other churches, serving as an elder, serving as a music director, serving as all kinds of things. And I learned a lot about how not to do things. (laughs) And I thought to myself, man, I'm glad I'm getting this education because uh, I really need to know if there's a way that things shouldn't be done. And I learned a lot Uh, that was very useful. But uh, the way a church operates uh, has to be uh, thought through because Somebody told me once, a good pastor that I knew told me once, he said, you know, when you look out across a congregation, you got people on all different levels. you got some people who are just brand new, learning things. you got people who've been sitting there for 40 years and haven't learned anything. you got people <laughs> who know a lot. And, and uh, so it's a lot of a challenge to deal with people on all different levels. And uh, people who are beginning to learn, hungry to learn, people who come and really don't care if they learn. we got all sorts of individuals in a church. And when we look out across a congregation, he says, it's not like, you know, hey, we just do this and you're all set. It's not like that. And so uh, how do we deal with a church and how do we deal with? with things so that they don't uh, turn sour. And that's a very uh, necessary thing. I, Like I said, I learned a lot along the way by watching things. And, and I was in some pretty tough churches where things went really bad and uh, really bad. And uh, just crazy things happened. And it was very instructive because... Uh, this chapter was very helpful in saying how are we going to do this how are we going to make things what are we going to talk about what's going to be our topics what are the things we're going to not talk about how are we going to keep a church on an even keel and growing regularly it's not a simple task and so uh, this chapter You see in chapter 14, verse 1, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. So he says, there's going to be times when you come, people are going to come into church that just don't maybe know that much. Or they may think they know, and they really don't. he says, and they are weak in the faith. So that's what he's saying, what that pastor said to me once. you got all kinds of people. And you have to find a way uh, to deal with things. And so he says, uh, him that's weak in the faith, you take people in. We want them to come so they can learn and grow, but not to doubtful disputations. All right. and so he says, here's one of the problems, and he calls them doubtful uh, disputations. <laughs> that's a good word. Good way to put it, I guess. Uh, What he means is some people just want to argue about everything. They want to argue about everything. And he says some of these things are doubtful. That is, don't argue about those things. Make sure that you don't major on things that are minor. Make sure a dispute... Doesn't come up over something, that who cares? They can't uh, worry about those things. And so here uh, he's going to talk about these things that in his day were a problem. And he's going to say, okay, this is what happens to us. We have not quite the same thing, but we still have a doubtful. Disputations, things that aren't worth discussing. And so uh, it's very much a point of how do we deal with issues and what are the issues. And like I said, some of these issues are, you will see, are not our issues. All right? But how you deal with them is going to help us so that we know how to deal with the ones that are our issues. So, he says, as your congregation comes together and there are people who don't know, who haven't learned yet, or who have been taught or by nature are argumentative. All right. Now we just spent two chapters, chapter 12 and 13, talking about how to get along with everybody. That was the whole discussion last week. How do we get along? You present yourself, a living sacrifice that's reasonable for you to do, but you've got to be transformed in your mind. You've got to learn to think differently, and it all had to do with relationships. And so now he's going to come to us and say, here we go. You, you, I've told you, you've got to learn to get along. You've got to uh, be good neighbors, be good citizens, be good church workers. Do those things that we can do and help to keep things going. And now here's some of the things that you're going to run into. Verse 2. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Or he says we've got people who eat meat, And uh, we got some people who are vegetarians, vegetarians, and that was back in his time, that was one of his issues, and he says, uh, one says he can eat anything, another one says, oh no, all we can eat is vegetables, green thing, can't eat meat. Let him that eateth despise, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. So he says the people in that time who said, I'm I, we're not going to eat meat, not on your life. Now why did that come up? Well... uh, it's discussed quite a few places in the Bible, and uh, it's discussed in First Corinthians. And uh, just turn over to First Corinthians, uh, and there's something that we call. It's easy to remember this: six, eight, 10. 1 Corinthians is a six, eight, ten principle, and you can get that in your mind easy, and that'll help you so that you get how the problem is. And we'll look at this in Corinthians. The 6 8, 10 principle, of course, starts in 1 Corinthians 6. Now here's what happened. Um, if you were in Greece, if you were in Asia Minor, uh, anywhere like that, and you went to a market, and they went to their market every day, no refrigeration, so you go every day and buy food, and, and you buy meat. If you go to a market in Greece, or in Rome, uh, or even in Asia Minor. Uh, they got all kinds of meat there. Steaks and anything you want, okay? And it'd be a big sign up, this was offered to Zeus. So you can eat it. All right. It's been offered, we took the animal and sacrificed it, and we sacrificed it to Zeus, or whoever, somebody. And and so now you can eat it. And so if you're living in Greece and Rome and Asia Minor, any of those places, that's what happens when you go to the market. That you expect when you go there, you're going to buy this meat that's already been offered to an idol. And that's normal. That's how it operated. This meat is, well now these Christians... Come up through, and they tell us, You gotta believe in Jesus Christ and forget about that idol. That idol's nothing, no good. So don't worship that idol anymore. And you're gonna worship Jesus Christ. And He's gonna become, the Holy Spirit's gonna come in your heart. You can't see Him, all right? But He's gonna come into your life, and you're gonna believe in Jesus. you are gonna change, you're not gonna worship idols anymore. So I go to the market. <gasps> I don't worship Zeus anymore. So I don't think I can eat meat because the whole thing is all sacrificed to Zeus. And so there was people at that time saying, look, we can't even buy a piece of meat. hasn't been sacrificed to Zeus or whoever. And uh, so I guess we're going to be vegetarians. (laughs) To be vegetarian. We can't eat that meat. And Paul says back here in Romans, he says uh, one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. And so he says, the fellow who said, well I can't eat meat anymore, it's all been sacrificed to Zeus, I can't eat that anymore, I'm going to he said he's a little bit weaker in his faith. He doesn't quite grasp what we're saying. And so because of that, he eats vegetables. So what do we do with those kind of people? We're going to look at the 6, 8, 10 principle. Then we'll go back to Romans. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and look at verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, the belly for meats, and God shall destroy both it and them. All right, so he says, uh, here's the way I view the meat at the market. Paul says, I go down and I say, look at that steak. Give me that steak, that looks good. God made that cow grow, and there's a beautiful steak. I'm going to take it home and eat it. And somebody says, that was offered to Zeus. He goes, (laughs) who's he? He don't even exist. There's no such person as Zeus. So if you offered that to Zeus, (laughs) I'll eat it. He says, all things are lawful for me to do. But, he says... Not everything is expedient. Or some things are fine. You can eat that meat offered to Zeus. Go ahead. Because Zeus is just a figment of somebody's imagination. He's not real. And so if they've offered a hunk of meat to Zeus, where is he? Is he going to strike me dead? No, he's not. Because he's not even real. So buy the meat. He said, don't worry about it. Take it home and eat it. The idol is nothing. But he says, it's okay, I can do that. I can buy that me. But I have to be uh, under another thing. It's lawful for me to do that. I can do it. But not everything is expedient. Not everything is wise. All right, so uh, he says, you look at something and you say, is it lawful? Is it okay if I do this? All right, he says, but then you want to ask you the question is it wise? Is it wise? And so uh, we don't want to say I can do whatever I want, but sometimes it's not too smart. When would it be not too smart? Let's go on and we'll find out. Alright, that's 1 Corinthians six twelve. that's the 6. The 8 is uh, chapter 8, over 1 Corinthians 8. This is all about, through here, this kind of thing. Uh, chapter 8, verse 13. Uh, let's look at verse 9. Take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So you're going to go to the market and buy that meat for Zeus, from Zeus. <laughs> he says, it's fine, you can eat it. But he says, there might be somebody watching you. If any man see, verse 10, the which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idol? And through thy knowledge shall a weak brother perish for whom Christ died. So when you sin against the brethren, wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no meat while the world standeth, lest I make my brother offend. So I'm down at the market, and there's this fellow from church. And we know he eats vegetables. He looks at that meat and goes, <clears throat> don't eat that meat. Paul says, I'm not going to buy the meat that day and eat it. Because I'm more concerned about him than I am whether I get a steak today. All right, so he says, when that meat offered to idols, and that guy, he may say he believes in Christ, but he grew up, spent his whole life, and the whole culture that he lived in said that meat is Zeus's meat. And he can't quite get it out of his mind yet that Zeus is just a fraud, not real. So he still thinks that Zeus is meat. Don't be eating that meat. Boy, I don't know what you'd do. And so he says, if I offend, all right, I'm going to stop. So, he says, does it offend? That's the 6-8 principle. Now, we go over to 10, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 30, if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? All right, so he says, well, somebody, I went down and he said and bought a steak and I went home and ate it. Somebody said to me, uh, so what'd you have for supper? I had a steak. Where'd you get it? Down the market. (gasps) Naughty you, naughty you. He says, so here's what you do, verse 31, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. All right, so he says, uh, does it give God glory? If I do this, all right, will people look at it and say, well, it's okay, you know, it's a good thing. So he says, your behavior with the meat thing at the counter, you have to ask, is it wise? Well, if your weak brother is standing next to you in the market buying celery, right, and saying, looking at that meat, no, 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 then you're buying celery too, because you don't want to offend. All right. you want to be wise you don't want to offend and we, in the end we want our behavior people to say you know that that Paul he's okay uh, he does good We want that God people to say that about us too all right so we got this principle has to do with meat now we go back uh, to Romans and it makes a little more sense he said look if somebody comes along in your church and they won't eat meat and, and then somebody else does. This is not something we're going to argue over. We're not going to bring it up and have a discussion about it. We're not going to say, you know, we don't eat meat in this church. <laughs> we're going to say, if you want vegetables, you can have them. If you like meat, you eat meat. All right? We can both go. It's not going to be a topic that we're going to argue over. And when these things were coming along, these these people in Galatia and and uh, Greece and Rome, that's all they ever how they ever lived. Never knew anything different. And now the gospel comes along and they love it. They're all for it. Don't expect them to suddenly change. Now you may say to them, "Well, this is a smart thing. If you get your act together, you won't be." Uh, eating vegetables, you can eat that meat because you know Zeus is nothing. He said, no, we're not going to argue about it. If they're happy, and here's why, verse uh, 4 in Romans 14, who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or followed. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. All right, so here's the thing. That fellow that's eating the vegetables, he thinks he's serving God, is he? Yeah, there he is. There he is. How about the guys eating meat? Yeah, he's serving God too. And so that in serving God, there are allowed to be differences in the way we do things. And they're allowed to be people who have different opinions and different ideas about things. And we don't have to argue. As a matter of fact, make sure you don't argue because in their mind, they're serving God in their own way. Let them do that. You now, of course, there's some restrictions to that, and we'll go on a little bit more and see that. Uh, but he says it's God who's serving. And when I think about that sometimes, Uh, I look at some other pastors I know, and I think, man, that's not the way I do things. But you know what? They can do what they want. I don't have to go over there and say, hey, you know, that's not how I do it. I can do it my way. He can do it his way. And that's fine. There's different ways and different ways that people serve God. And when I look sometimes at other churches, I think, well, you know, if I was there, I'd make a mess of it they got their way, and it's working for them. The church is full, and they're reaching people. That's not the way we do it, but it doesn't have to be. All right, we don't have to do things just one way. And there are, of course, people who will judge somebody else for all kinds of stuff. So now he's going to go on to the next thing that happens, the next argument in the church of his day. And this is one that uh, has come up in our day too. Verse 5 One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So, in those days, you were Jewish. You came, you grew up Jewish, and now you're a Jewish Christian. And so you start moving across. They're being pushed out of Jerusalem by persecution. Actually, they starved them out. They made it so they couldn't work, and they blackballed them. And so the Christians had to leave Jerusalem, and they go up through Asia Minor, and the Bible records that they're, they're spreading out. These are people who grew up Jewish. So you say, when's the Sabbath? Saturday. Jewish Saturday. Sabbath is Saturday. All right. So some of the Christians say, well, we worship on Sunday. Uh, Sunday is the day we worship. Okay. No, 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 no. We worship Saturday. No, we don't. We worship Sunday. We worship Sunday because on Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. So we are worshiping Sunday because that's the way we do it. And the Jewish fellows, are not the way we do it. So we're going to argue about Saturday or Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. And there are still to this very day people who argue about that very thing. I've seen them on TV. I always get kind of a kick out of them. They're going to stand up and tell you that, look, this is the Jewish Sabbath, Saturday. You should be having church on Saturday. Not Sunday. Who said you should have it on Sunday? It's always been Saturday. And this is one of them things Paul said don't argue about it. Just shut your mouth and let it be. If they want to worship Saturday, let them worship Saturday. He says, uh, somebody says, I like this day, I like Saturday. The next guy says, I like Sunday. So if somebody else comes along and says, Well, I like Tuesday. <laughs> he said, matter of fact, some people like every day. I do. I do. I like to worship God every day. Doesn't matter if it's Wednesday. I like Wednesday's a good day to worship. Thursday's a great day to worship. Every day's a day to worship. So we have this argument about what day we go to church. Now, I'm going to put a restriction on what I just said. Because we do have to think these things through sometime. Look at Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, you should know that right away, is the, uh, what we call the Ten Commandments. Moses up on the mountain talking to God and God gives him 10 commandments. Here's 10 things for you to write down as the basis of law. And it's thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not uh, have other gods before me. And in verse 8 begins this discussion. Uh, so, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, or manservant, or maidservant, nor thy cattle, or the stranger within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, seeing and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we have back here in the Ten Commandments, you say, well, that's just old law. Well, not really. Not really. In the Ten Commandments is a moral code. All right? It's a moral code. It's more than just rules and regulations. It's a moral code. And God said I want you to take one day for me. And I want you to honor God that day. So, he said the Sabbath day was, and they knew that as Saturday. Now, Paul says, well, somebody likes Saturday, somebody likes Sunday. Let's not argue about it. You just decide what you want. And you can do either one. As long as you do one day or the other. You can't say, look, this special day for God, huh, it's my day, they're all my days. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is a moral code in creation that there is a day for us to set aside for God. No, we do Sunday. All right, We do that because Christ rose from the dead on Sunday and it has been that way ever since the church in Acts began to meet on Sunday for the resurrection of Christ and in remembrance of it. And so they decided to meet Sunday and Paul said it was okay. You could meet any day, but you couldn't say to yourself, "Ah, they're all the same to me. I don't need to have a day where I do anything special for God. You can't say that. So there's a restriction in a way. You can't throw the whole thing out. But he said if somebody likes Saturday and somebody likes Sunday, don't argue about it. Stop arguing about those kind of things. Verse 6. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth meat, eateth to the Lord, And he gives God thanks, and he that eateth not, the vegetarian, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. So he says, people have a right to make up their mind about certain things. And that is very much the case in the world that we live in. Verse 7, none of us liveth to himself, and no man dies to himself. Our lives are intertwined together. We get wound up together. I've told you, and one of the ways you like to think about it is uh, like a quilt, all right? And when you're putting a colored thread here and weaving another colored thread here, and you say, well, what's it all gonna be? Well, it all gets woven together into one piece. That's what happens to our lives. We get woven together and we become one together. And so we're looking at the quill. How's it look, looks great, looks good. All right, so don't argue, stop arguing about things that don't matter. Don't do it. Get your head cleared out with that. You know, If he's eating vegetables, we're gonna let him, he can he thinks he's serving God, and you think you are, and you, he meets on Saturday, and you meet on Sunday, and he said, let it go. It is not worth it, because we're intertwined together. And so if you're always pulling apart, always arguing, always pulling apart, it doesn't work. You gotta, you're, you're together, you're entwined together. And so we gotta stop arguing over things that don't matter because we are tied together. We gotta lay some things down. Now, how does that go for us today? When I started this back in 1989, uh, there were some people here who came and helped. I remember one of them was very talented and he was putting in windows upstairs. Very talented carpenter. And, uh, And I said, well, we're gonna have a service soon. He said, well, I won't be there. Oh, I said, okay, you know. He said, because you're not filled with the Spirit. I said, I'm not? He said, no. He said, you don't speak in tongues. I said, no, you're right. I, I, I would say that I don't speak in tongues. I can speak a little French if I need to. I know a few words in Norwegian, but I don't speak in tongues. I, you're right, I don't do that. And he said, well, I can't come to a church like that and I wanted to say well how come you're helping us (laughs) but I didn't I let it be because it's not something worth arguing over see now what about those people who do that they think that they're doing something that God wants them to do leave them alone let them do it as long as they don't tell me I got to do it right Let them do it. I'm not going to go over there and say, what's the matter with you? Prove to me that you got uh, evidence in the Bible that you're supposed to do that. And they'll show you the book of Acts, chapter 2. They all spoke in different tongues. And they'll show you this and that. And we can argue back and forth, but why? Why? And so I had several people that were coming at us saying, are you gonna get it together or not? I said, I guess not. I guess I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue about it. Right. So this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. These are different opinions that aren't worth discussing and arguing and doubtful disputation, all right? Uh, funny how these things will come along. Um, I remember <coughs> uh, for a while, Uh, it was fashionable for Christians to attack Halloween. Oh man, they were on the bandwagon attacking Halloween. Don't you know where that came from? It came from the Druids who were out in the uh, country somewhere and they were worshiping Satan and they were practicing witchcraft. And I've said, well, when I have the kids come for the costume carnival, we don't cut a dog's head off and worship Satan. It's one of the ways they do it. You know, and we don't have uh, that pentagram, and we dance around the pentagram. We we don't do any of that stuff. If that's what the druids did, do, we don't do that. We we play ring toss. Okay. And and uh, we do a little bowling in the back and throw dunk for apples and things like that. That's what we do. We don't do that. And I remember one lady said, this is the only church I know where I celebrate Halloween. I said, well, we don't really celebrate Halloween, but we have a little fun on that day. And uh, so, uh, I mean, I had one guy, he went crazy, you know, And and I didn't care what he thought. And uh, he was doing something that was really bad, and I said, are you going to keep doing that? And he looked at me and said, I'm not going to change what I think about Halloween. I didn't ask you to. That's not something we're going to argue over. So the the things that come along, some people want to argue, we're not going to argue. We're not going to argue. The vaccine. Should we argue over No, we're not going to argue over the vaccine. We're not going to argue it. You want to take it. You don't want it, don't. It's up to you. All right? We're not going to argue it. It's not going to become a doubtful disputation. It's not the kind of thing that we need to do. So what he's telling us is as issues come in, and for him it was meat at the marketplace, And for him, it was the Jews, new Christians, coming along to do, uh, you know, Sabbath, Saturday Sabbath. That was the thing he was dealing with. And he said, I am not going to argue over these things. We're just not going to do it. The same way with us. We're not going to argue over Halloween. We're not going to argue over speaking in tongues. And we're not going to argue about the King James Version. King James Version is just exactly one of those issues. And people have gone crazy. I had some guy came here, and uh, I used the King James Version. Came here to a service. I preached out of the King James Version. And uh, service was over. Everybody left, and he stayed here. He said, i got to talk to you about the King James Version. I'm thinking, I just preached uh, out of the King James. Go ahead. Go ahead. And before he was done, he was screaming at the top of his voice. You can't say this about that version. Of that. I didn't say anything. I preached out of the King James. But he screamed and yelled and hollered. And I said, oh, okay, nice. See you next week maybe. Maybe not. Okay. I hope not. I hope not. All right. I mean, it's the kind of arguing that gets you nowhere. It's a waste of time. And that's the kind of thing people have. When I grew up, that was a big deal. You know, when they said, we're going to make a new translation. <gasps> this is the authorized one. Authorized by who? <laughs> Did God come down and say, by the way, I authorized this version? No, he didn't. Because if he did, it would be the only English people would have an authorized Bible. Use the gray matter, you know. I mean, so those are the kind of issues that we are not going to argue or we are not going to even really discuss. In this passage, he's discussing it. He says that you're going to deal with people who are gonna come in with issues of the day. And for them, one of the biggest ones was meat at the market offered to idols. All right, So let's take it up now. <coughs> Verse eight. For whether we live, we live to the Lord. Whether we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And to this end, Christ both died, rose, and revived, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and the living. <laughs> and so he says, God's power is extended over everybody, even dead people. All right? People that we have lost from our church, their names are on that wall there, people we've lost. They're still under God's power. Because he's God over people in heaven. He's God over everybody. And so if he is having people serve him, all right, wherever they are, he's in charge. Verse 10 But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There you go. He said, Here's the real point of all of this. He said, you're going to give an answer for how you lived your life. You're going to have to stand before God and say, here's what I chose. And you're going to have to answer for what you chose. And he says, so you need to think about it. Okay, but you don't need to argue about it. If your whole life has been an argument, what a waste. What a waste. You're going to stand before God and say, well, I fought about that King James. Life, and I hated Halloween. And I... Yeah, Okay. So what What'd you get done? Well, I don't want to stand before God and say I spent the last 40 years arguing. Or 50 years. Or I hope more than that. Verse 11, it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And so that fellow who won't buy that meat is gonna stand before God and say, I didn't do it, God. I felt wrong about it, and it's gonna be all right. It's his to say. Verse 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. All right, so don't offend, remember we had that in the 6, 8, 10 principle. Don't offend, let's not offend people And argue with things like that. And he says, um, by the way, here's the way it really works. There's nothing that's unclean unless it is in your mind. So you can buy that meat. And you can eat it. And it is not unclean. You can do that. You're not, it's not unclean he says everything is clean it depends on your mind right, so what's in your mind what's in your mind so we are free to do anything we want to ask yourself, well, am I free to drink alcohol? I'd ask you, is it wise? Is it wise? Well, is it wise? For some people, it's certainly not wise. All right. So you say, well, Am I free? Yeah. Is it wise? It'd be the next question. Does it offend? All right. So he says, nothing is evil in itself. The evil comes From us. We're the ones that view things as evil. Verse 15. If thy brother be grieved with thy meat. Now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy him not with thy meat. For whom Christ died. And so if he can't deal with it. Then don't eat it. We're not going to cause an issue. Let not your good be evil spoken of. And here's the real point. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now you want to know what we're going to talk about. We're not going to argue over meats, and we're not going to argue over tongues, and we're not going to argue over Halloween, not going to argue over vaccines. Well, he says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There we go. We're going to do what's right in our thinking and our conscience and what God says. And we're going to focus on peace. We're going to get along together and be peaceful together. And we're going to have joy in the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a good time. That's what's worth talking about. That's where we're going to spend our energy. That's where we want to focus our mind and our thinking on those things. If you do that, he says, you're going to be much better off. Verse 18, for he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. How do you win somebody's approval? You get your head on straight. You don't argue. All right. You do what's right and you have evidence in your life that we're having a good time. We're enjoying serving God. And that's, God says, that's good. That's the way I want it. 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things therewith one may edify another. All right, that's where we want to focus our energies and our attentions. Not on these little things that don't matter. And I I say that, and I want to say something. You can be careful with some things. Somebody will come along and say, "Okay, if you say it's not worth arguing about, not worth discussing, we'll put abortion in that category." No, we won't. It's clearly wrong, clearly wrong to take a life of a child. So we can't do. Well, I'm free to think what I want. And you're free to think. what you're not. you're not free to embrace something that's wrong. It's evil. All right. The meat thing, yeah, doesn't really matter. You can't say, well, you have your opinion about abortion and I got, my, no, no, you can't do that. So some things don't go in that category. Some things are clearly wrong, and we can't change that and say, it's okay, you think what you want, right? that's not right. So uh, we have to remember that. Verse 20. For meat, destroy not the work of God. (laughs) He said, here's the people all getting together. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. So if this guy's conscience tells him, I can't eat that meat, let it be. Let him go. Don't destroy God's work. Or we get so nasty and pushy and judgmental with him that he says, well, I don't want to be around these people anymore. No. It is good, verse 21, neither to eat flesh or to drink wine nor to do anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. All right, and there's things that are something that we need to think about. Is there somebody who's made weak, offended by what we do? And he mentions they're drinking wine, all right? And I've seen uh, parents partake and children follow in their steps. And that's a tragedy, that's a tragedy. As in one, there may be Not the possibility of addiction, but it might be in your child. Something to think about. Will it offend? Will it offend? 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Be right between you and God. Believe in God. You and him, is it all right between you? Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. If you have a conscience issue with something, then stick with it. Keep your conscience clear. 23, he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. All right, so... He says, if you really have an issue and it bothers your conscience, don't do it. It's okay, don't do it. And the rest of you, shut your mouth. Don't tell them they're wrong if they're following the dictates of their conscience. So verse, chapter 15, we'll go on one more. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So we are gathered together, weak people come, people who don't know, people who are in the process of learning all different stages of learning. So we're going to bring them in and uh, we're going to help. And we're not here to say, hey I know what's right and I'll fix you along the way. <laughs> no, we're not here to do that. we here to please ourselves. here to support people make that right. So it's a pretty instructive passage. About how a church should operate. What they need to avoid. Is is that kind of arguing. That creates that. It's very instructive. And it would have helped a lot of churches. That I've seen over the years. If they had done that. I remember. Uh, one church. That I was part of. These people had worked for, I think, 20 years, and they, they learned a little chorus. They typed it up and put it in a little book. And they got, so that was a pretty, probably 100 songs in that book. Little choruses that they learned along the way, songs that they sang, and they took them years, and, they, and then somebody had it printed out, and they had these little books with the songs we love. Somebody came along and said, you know, that's illegal. <laughs> What's illegal? You can't copy music, just write it down. You've got to get uh, a copyright to do that. And I'm thinking, really? Well, you know what? They went through the pews and took all them and threw them out. Tossed them in the garbage. And my brother-in-law is a lawyer. And so I called him and I said, you know, here's what happened. He said, they collected these songs for years and just copied them down put them in a book. And somebody came along and said it was illegal copyright. He says, copyright has nothing to do with that. He said, the real legal issue would be if you were going to sell it to make money. All you did was collect it in a little book so you could sing them. That was the intention of why the songs were written in the beginning. He said, you broke no laws. As a matter of fact, if you went to court, somebody took you to court on that, you'd win. You have the right to do that. Before I could get back with that information, they threw out the 20 years' worth of work and then the garbage and burned. Because we're going to argue no matter what. We're going to argue... All right, stop, stop. We don't need to argue. so there's a very helpful passage that teaches us to be tolerant, some things we have to stick to we can't change something, but teach us to be tolerant of the way other people serve God and let them do it in the way that suits them and as long as we're all in the same going the same direction. We can be different. We can be different. All right? It's a good passage for churches to learn. Thank you.